Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. This late night, or I should say early morning edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 16th of October 2018. I'm your host, Surreal uh, Joe Quinn, discussing the world of sports and pop culture. As always, right now, you can follow me on my YouTube page uh, and go to Real Deal Podcast. Soon, this will I will take this podcast to both two different platforms, uh, the Blog Talk Radio later on this morning, and also our new platform, Anchor, which I will be displaying over various, uh, through Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, it'll be all over the place, so we happen to be a part of the new um, of the new platform, Anchor, um, so I'm looking forward, to, uh, looking forward to that, but we begin with the NFL and with some sad news in the NFL, and you know, and and all in the NBA as well, uh, the Paul Allen, longtime owner of both the Seattle Seahawks and the Portland Trailblazers, and also the part owner of the Seattle of the Soccer's Major League Soccer Seattle Sounders, passed away at the age of 65. He was um, had uh, lymph, lymphoma, the Hoskins lymphoma. Which had, um, which I can, which he had been diagnosed back in, I believe, back in '82. It came up again in 2009. Uh, it was, it was successful at treating it back then, and it came up again recently, and uh, he succumbed to that um, today, uh, or I should say, yesterday, uh, the 15th, uh, again at the age of 65. Again, just to let you know about Allen. Um, was the polar opposite of of these owners today who seemingly have to be a part of everything or every decision made in terms of uh, their teams. Allen was a guy who put smart people smart people uh, in charge and let them basically run the show, especially for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll and John Snyder. Uh, Seattle went to three Super Bowls under Allen, winning, of course, back in 2013 when they took out, when they just ran through the... Uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, I forgot the score of that. They just, I mean, they destroyed the Broncos in that particular game. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, again, they went to two NBA Finals in 1990-1992. Could have easily win back in 2000 when they were uh, up, of course, 13 points in the fourth, 13 points heading into the fourth quarter against the Washington Lakers, of course, but the Lakers would uh, would come back in that game seven, that classic, classic series, classic game seven, come back in 2000. But uh, again, it was a guy who, knew, frankly, who knew what he knew what he was doing. He bought Portland, uh, bought the Trailblazers in 1988 for 70 million dollars. Right now, the Portland Trailblazers are worth are worth 940 million dollars. He bought the Seattle Seahawks in 1997 for $179, $197 million dollars. Right now, their current worth is 2.58, 2.58 billion dollars. So clearly, he uh, was a successful businessman, knew what he was doing. Of course, uh, famously helped co-found uh, Microsoft along with, along with Bill Gates. Um, you know, remember as we all know, Steve Ballmer, the current owner of the LA Clippers, it was a part of that uh, part of that clique as well. So, uh, certainly, rest in peace to uh, to uh, Paul Allen again. One of the owners, one of today's owners, a rare one of uh, a rarity for today's owners for a guy who just not was not a hands-on owner as far as 
as far as having you know having his nose involved in every aspect of of, of you know coaching and, and and trying to be a general manager and trying to be this he kind of get, put smart people ahead smart people in charge and let allow them to do their job so you just watched the monday night football game of the packers survive and i mean survive the, the san francisco 49ers 33-30, and basically, listen, it's, it's, the, it's Aaron Rodgers a bust with the Packers. I mean, their defense their defense was horrible. They allowed San Francisco to go up and down the field. Um, San Francisco had about over 180 yards rushing. Uh, their quarterback only threw 20 passes because of how successful their, their uh, running game was. Um, Aaron Rodgers, again, completion percentage is not what it has been in past years, but Two touchdowns, over 425 yards passing. He drove him down 80, 80 yards to set up a game with uh, Mason Crosby's game with a field goal. They had no timeouts um, on that particular drive, had no timeouts. Um, again, they that, that basically, this basically was a must win for the Packers. And I hate using that word must win, especially in week six of the NFL, obviously, of a 17 week NFL season. But the bottom line is, you look at the Packers' uh, schedule after their bye week. They, it is brutal. I mean, they have the, they're talking about having to rent, play the Rams, uh, Patriots. Uh, they have um, all the teams they're playing on have winning records. So the schedule is brutal coming out, coming out of their bye week. Uh, you know, they they have some, they're a little banged up on the offensive line. The offensive line is not playing well, but they need, they have some issues defensively. I mean, defensively allowed to allow the Packers. Just to allow the 49ers to go up and down the field at will with C.J. Beathard quarterbacking, um, you know, it's just not a good sign whatsoever. But regardless of that, the Packers do improve, improve to three and two, three two and one on the season. Um, on the season, as they look to just kind of get, kind of regroup themselves uh, after you know coming up, uh, coming up with a bye week and uh, again a brutal stretch, a brutal five game stretch is coming up for uh, for the Packers that will, in essence, define their season. Uh, this will be these next five games coming up there by at their bye week will tell you the direction that the Packers season is going in. Milwaukee's up two one uh, against the Dodgers as they they uh, shut out the Dodgers four nothing. Milwaukee's bullpen continues. Um, Milwaukee uh, continues to get great starting pitching, and this time, uh, in comparison to the first three games, their bullpen was able to hold up, hold up, uh, well, it was able to hold up against the Dodgers. Again, shutting out the Dodgers for nothing. Um, listen, you know the Dodgers. We've seen the Dodgers come up small in the postseason before, even getting to the LCS. So this is nothing new for the Dodgers. Again, I told you before the playoffs started that the National League was wide open. That I would be, not be surprised if. Any of those teams, and I include the Rockies in that conversation too, in that in that mix too. If any of those teams came out of the National League, of the National League, felt, felt like the National League was wide open. Uh, felt like coming into the playoffs, I thought the Cubs had the best overall team, but you know they got knocked out. They got knocked out in the uh, divisional round, and um, you know you just felt, or excuse me, they didn't even make it to the divisional. They got knocked out in the uh, wild card round. But I really felt like it was wide open in the National League. Um, again, we've seen the Dodgers come up small before the postseason, so it does not surprise me. Anytime the Dodgers come up small uh, in the postseason, it doesn't surprise me at all whatsoever. Uh, the American League, 
the American League, you have a series tied at one. They'll play game five, excuse me, game three. <coughs> they'll, play, uh, they'll play game three tomorrow night. They'll play game three tomorrow night. I think th- I think that game is going to be the afternoon game. I'll have to check. Uh, I think Boston, I think the Dodgers, Milwaukee, uh, I think Boston, uh, Houston will be the, the late afternoon, early evening, the 509 game. And they'll have the Dodgers, Milwaukee game four at 930 uh, because he's in, uh, in, I'm assuming, in LA. So I think both games will play. They'll have both, both games, you know, both, all four teams will be in action tomorrow. And you'll have the Dodgers Milwaukee playing a uh, late night game as you are late night game, and you'll have Houston and, and Boston, which seemingly is setting up for a class to be a six or seven game series. Again, I thought when Houston goes up, when uh, Houston goes up four two, I was really thinking that, that that this could be a sweep. Uh, give Boston some give Boston credit. Uh, first time that David Price uh, that Boston's won a game with David Price starting uh, with David Price uh, as, a, as a starter um, again he kept him in the game he wasn't great but he wasn't it wasn't terrible he kept him did enough to keep them in to keep them in the game and let their offense take over and the uh, let their offense take over in the uh, late innings um, but they're gonna have a hard time in Houston I mean as a uh, Houston's a great home team. Uh, Houston still has the advance as far as the starting pitching, and as far as pitching overall, pitch, the starting pitch as well as the bullpen. So you definitely give Houston, I mean, definitely give Houston uh, an advantage uh, moving forward. As far as LA Milwaukee, it seems like Milwaukee is that that little Cinderella team with a little karma about them. Um, karma about them heading into uh, Game Four against uh, heading to head to Game Four with uh, the, with the Dodgers. So let's see if the Dodgers can bounce back. Um, coming off a loss, uh, coming off a game three, uh, game three loss. As far as the NFL goes, uh, uh, Sunday uh, in the NFL, we have to begin with the game with, with probably not only the game of the week, but maybe probably the game of the year. Uh, with New England taking out Kansas City, forty-three forty. Despite that, uh, if you're Kansas City, I still you still have to feel good about. Uh, about playing New England in the playoffs, I thought I lo- You know, these are one of these games where one team, you know, a team could lose and still look like they're the better team. And I frankly, I frankly think Kansas City is the better team. Uh, to be honest with you, Kansas City. I know that now. I guess listen, then the Rams are the best team in football. And the reason why I tell you why the Rams are better than Kansas City because their defense is superior to Kansas City's. Kansas City is going to get some of their defense people back. They're going to get at, at some point. Justin Houston's coming back. At some point, Eric Berry is going to come back. Um, Patrick Mahomes, again, he's had two major tests in the past two weeks, and to me, he's passed them both with flying colors. I know he had two interceptions last. I know he had two interceptions last night, but the fourth quarter, second half, he was near, near, you know, he was near perfect, especially in that fourth quarter, uh, driving, driving his team up and down the field against New England. I think again. I walked away thinking that walk away that walk away to, in, from that game thinking that Kansas City is the better team, um, is the better team, and I think they can beat them anywhere. I don't think it matters where they play. I think they can beat them in New England, and certainly they could beat them in uh, in Arrowhead. Now, Kansas City could have created a lot of distance with amongst themselves, amongst themselves, and the rest of the AFC because they would have had you know they win that game last night. They would have had wins over San Diego. 
uh, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and New England. So that, I mean, Kansas City had a chance to really separate themselves from the rest of the AFC. That was not the case, though they still have a, a game lead on, um, still have a game lead on Cincinnati, uh, as well as New England, as well as New England. Uh, and, and also San Diego, uh, or also San Diego, they have a couple of division, a couple of road division wins. So they, Kansas City is still in position, in pole position to get uh, to get home field advantage. Um, but again, I walked away from that game thinking that Kansas City is a better team. I know New England was able to run on them. I know New England was able to do some things physically to them that 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 kind of, that kind of makes you nervous about them in January. But uh, I again, they went up and down the field against New England's defense. And again, they were they are missing a lot of defensive people that they're going to start to get back uh, as the uh, as the months as the season uh, goes goes along. If you're not sold on Patrick Holmes, I don't know what what else he can do to have for you to be sold on him. This guy can make. There's no quarterback in the league outside of Aaron Rodgers, maybe Carson Wentz. I said I would say those two. Those are the only two quarterbacks. Who can make some of the physical throws that Patrick Mahomes can make on the move, outside the pack, outside the pocket, body contorting all over the place. Some of the throws he made yesterday, you know, last night was just just ridiculous. Just again on the move, throwing across his body, throwing across the field, throwing across the field. And again, you have to like what you you know what you saw in the Denver game. You know, he got knocked around, was able to bounce back and lead him to a win. And uh, you know. In a tough environment, uh, in Invesco Field in, in Denver, and last yesterday again in one of great home and probably the number one home field in all of football based on record, uh, he was able to just do everything but win the game again. I and again it was not his fault. I mean he scored forty points. Uh, again, most forty points should be enough to win most football games, but the Kansas City defense is horrible. And, and starting to become a historically bad defense in terms of how many yards they've given up per game. So, again, New England, New England did what they had to do. Took care, took care of business at home. They are in sole control, sole control of that uh, of the AFC East, and certainly will be a factor in the postseason without question. Uh, so they did what they had to do. They've been scoring a lot of points in the last three games. Uh, Josh Gordon starting to come. They got Edelman back. Josh Gordon, you know, is you know slowly becoming more of a, a bigger part of the offense. And Rob, Rob Gronkowski is Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. And, and we all know New England when they want to, when they decide to, can or are able to run the football when that's part of the game plan. It clearly was a part of the game plan, despite the fact that Tom Brady did have to have 340 yards passing. It clearly was was was, was, part, was, part, was a major part of what they wanted to do against that Kansas City defensive line, which is a little bit, little bit undersized and not as physical as some of the defensive lines uh, across the NFL. But again, that was a, it was a tremendous game to watch, entertaining game. Um, Certainly don't like to hear about what happened, transpired, or don't like to see what happened, what transpired with Tyreek Hill. The fan throws beer on him, of course. And from what I, from what I, some of the reports I've read, that fan was charged and was and has been banned from Gillette Stadium, and rightfully so. You can't. I mean, fans 
for whatever reason have gone too far in 2018 with you know some of the stuff that they try to do to these players which we know if they met them outside the building outside face to face in the street that they wouldn't say or do or throw so i was certainly happy to hear about that but again classic game probably maybe the game of the year and when certainly would not be you would not be surprised to see those two teams meet up in the playoffs Pittsburgh does what it does against Pitt, against Cincinnati, and that's take them out some way, somehow at Cincinnati, twenty to twenty-one. Uh, you heard the NFL come out basically saying that that was not a pick, a legal pick play. That is a that is a call that rarely ever gets called when a guy is coming off the line of scrimmage and is engaged with the defender. It was a well executed play that allowed them for Antonio Brown to get the game with a touchdown against Cincinnati for the if their lives depending on it cannot beat Pittsburgh in a big spot. Whether it's a playoff game, big time regular season game, but for the division game, they just can't beat them, period. And Pittsburgh, despite some of the early struggles, despite the, some of the nonsense that has been going on off the field within the locker room with Le'Veon Bell, that division still begins and ends with the Steelers. They still have the best quarterback. They still have the best receiver in the division. They still have the best coach. And they, they again, that, that division, and again, it's a tough division this year. The AFC North might be top to bottom the best division in football, considering, considering who, I mean, you have Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and, and Cleveland. None of those, all those teams would be competing for a playoff spot. Even Cleveland, I know Cleveland lost yesterday, but Cleveland will be in a mix. I'm, I think Cleveland will be um, will be in the mix. Uh, that was a you know tough loss they took. That was a uh, you know and, and you know they were on the the wrong side of a of a Charger ass whooping. But I think Cleveland is going to be around and maybe not a playoff contender, but a team that will be you know seven a tough seven and nine six and ten seven and nine team that nobody wants to play who's trying to make the playoffs come uh, come mid to late December. But again, Pittsburgh, you know. Owns Cleveland. I mean, owns Cincinnati. That's all there is to it. All right? There's no two ways about it. They own Cincinnati, and they continue to own uh, own the Cincinnati Bengals no matter where they play. Uh, Jacksonville falls to Dallas, 40 to seven. This was one of probably the most surprising result uh, yesterday. Uh, didn't really didn't see this coming. Uh, was not surprised that Dallas won the game, uh, but just you know, this is this is why you can't take Jacksonville serious as a major contender in the AFC. That defense is a bully defense. Their defense their defense is not a big time defense. Their defense that plays well when everything is going well, it's going right, and they jump on you and the running game is going and, and it becomes like an avalanche. But that defense, you hit, the, you hit that defense in the mouth, okay? You hit that defense in the mouth it is a totally different ball game, and a uh, totally different ball game. So, an embarrassing loss for Jacksonville. The best game Dallas has played maybe probably in the last two years. Uh, that they had the running game going. Uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, and they ran right, ran all over Jacksonville. Did whatever they wanted to against the Jacksonville Jaguar defense. So nice win for Dallas. They will be traveling to the DMV uh, next week. Uh, take on their, of course, their division rivals, the Washington Football Team. Uh, you had the Chargers. The Chargers take out the uh, Cleveland, thirty-eight to fourteen. And listen, the Chargers have two losses on the season. That is to the Rams and Kansas City. Um, and both of them were, I believe, both of them were on the road. No, I think Kansas City one was at home, and they 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 lost the Rams in in Los Angeles uh, at the Rams Stadium. 
So their two losses came against two, two teams who are combined uh, 11 and 1. Uh, Chargers are playing great football. Right now, Melvin Gordon has shown to be one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, Phillip Rivers is having an MVP caliber, MVP caliber season, and they're doing this without their best without their best defensive player in, in terms of Joey Bosa. When they get Bosa back, they're going to start getting, start getting some other guys back. That team is as loaded as as talented as any team in the league outside the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They are loaded at every position. Running back, wide receiver, cornerback, safety, um, pass rushers, they are loaded. Um, they are loaded all up, up and down the board. And as a team, if you're Kansas City, if you're New England, if you're Pittsburgh, that is a team that no one, and I mean no one, wants to see in the playoffs. Now, can they get get them getting to the playoffs? That would be the question. Can they get to the playoffs? Because, again, San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles, the Chargers find different different and creative ways to lose football games. We know they hit their track record over the last four, three or four years in terms of how many close games they've lost. But this year, you know, that's not been the case. Again, they have two losses, and that's, two, again, to the Rams and to the Chiefs. So, San Diego right now playing good football. Uh, took you know took out a, a pretty a feisty Cleveland team, thirty eight to fourteen. Remember Cleveland, even Cleveland's losses have been close. Cleveland they hadn't had any real, you know, ugly losses to where they gotten blown out. Their losses have been uh, very close losses. They, remember they lost a close game, a game they easily could have won against at New Orleans, twenty one to eighteen. No one had been putting big numbers on Cleveland this year, uh, but they give up thirty eight. To the Chargers and Melvin Gordon just ran, just ran, you know, ran all over the Chargers, all over the Chargers. Had three touchdowns and had a, had over 150 yards of uh, 50 yard, 150 yards uh, from scrimmage. The Rams survived Denver 23 to 20. Todd Gurley 200 yards rushing. Um, the Rams now remain are the only unbeaten team in the NFL. Um, in the NFL right now, as we at six and zero. The Rams have had um, the Rams just you know just find ways you know just find ways to uh, go up and down the field. And I don't even think they even played well. Uh, so you know the Rams are winning games, you know, are winning road games uh, when they're not when they're not even playing well. I don't even think they you know I don't, they was that probably was their C game which they were able to take out Denver with. But again. This is the thing. This is the scary thing about the Rams. The Rams don't have to throw the ball all over all over the place to beat you. Jared Goff was okay yesterday. He wasn't great. Uh, they did it with their defense. They did it with their running game, and they uh, did it with their defensive running game. And that was enough to survive the uh, Denver Broncos, uh, twenty-three to twenty. So the Rams improved to six and zero on the season, and now are are the only undefeated team in the uh, in the NFL. Nice win for the Washington football team, 23-17 over the Carolina Panthers. A nice bounce back win considering the embarrassment that was, uh, that they, uh, you know, that they showed in New Orleans, 43-19 last week. It was not a pretty win uh, yesterday. They were outgained about, you know, 350 to 288, uh, something along that line. Uh, Alex Smith didn't even crack 200 yards passing, uh, but they had no turnovers, and their defense was able to force three Carolina turnovers. I don't know what Carolina was doing that last drive when they could have uh, when they could have won the game. I had no idea that 
some of the play calling Carolina had in that last particular drive. They had plenty of time. They had all their timeouts. Uh, some of those throws, you know, going for the end zone when all you need was, you know, three or four, four or five yards to get a first down. Uh, again, I don't know what Carolina, some of the play calling, the offensive play calling was just atrocious. Uh, so I don't know what they were doing. Um, down in that last drive, in, the, in that last drive of the game. Uh, again, the theme has been very simple with Washington. They run the ball, they win. They don't run the ball, they they are loose. It's just that simple. Um, you cannot be encouraged by by Washington only if you're a fan of the, if you're a fan of the team. That the fact that they've only scored 24 points in the second half of all their of all of their five games. That is not a good sign moving forward. That means that tells me that they're getting off to decent starts. Teams make adjustments, and their coaching their coaching staff is not adjusting to the other teams to the other teams uh, adjustment, in particular offensively. Because that's where you know again they've only scored twenty four points in the second half of these uh, in the second half of five games. Think about that for a second. Twenty four points total in the second half. So that is something that they're going to have to shore up. The offensive line has not played well for the most part in terms of pass protection. The now again, the defense the defense has improved from last year. They do have an improved defense, but it is not a it is not on the level of say Baltimore's defense. It's not as good as the Rams' defense. It's not as good as some of these other top tier defenses. I, I, I would even would even put it on Cleveland's defense to be honest with you. So they have a you know. They're three and two right now. They were three and two at the end of, at this time last year, so it's certainly nothing to get excited over. Uh, if you're a fan of Washington, the fact that they're three and two, um, they will um, again big game next week, a huge game in the division. It'll be their first divisional game, home game uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. They have a chance to, I'm not say create separation because Philadelphia is right there, but they have a chance to kind of put Dallas, you know, in a in a bad spot. Be, would be uh, two games ahead of Dallas if they were to win at they were four and two and Dallas would go to two and uh, I think that to go Dallas would go two and four or three and four. I think Dallas is three and three right now. Uh, two and uh, I haven't had a bye week. Dallas is either three and three or two and three. I want to say three and three, but they got a chance to create some separation between themselves and the Cowboys. And it'll be their first divisional game. Um, be their first divisional game of the uh, divisional game of the season. So there you go. As far as the NFL goes, um, interesting about the AFC uh, right now. You rank the teams. You probably put. I still have Kansas City one, New England two. Um, Pittsburgh has kind of studied the ship. They're back in it. I think they're the team to beat in that division. You never trust Cincinnati in the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, the team to watch out for. There are a couple of teams I'll be, I'll be watching that you should be watching out for. One, on pure talent alone, San Diego, and two, the Houston, um, the Houston Texans. Because why? Because the Houston Texans, the Texans can play defense. They can rush the passer, and they have a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, who could be as who can be very dynamic, uh, and they have a top-flight wide receiver. Now, again, if they can ever if Houston could ever get a consistent running game, uh, they would be an interesting team to watch moving forward. They've, won, they've got some momentum going. They're playing good defense right now. They've got a great pass rush. We all know 
with the three pass rushes uh, with uh, Watt, who's, been, who's playing great, Merciless, uh, Merciless, and also Javadian Clowney. So that is an interesting team to watch. The FC is starting to be a little bit deeper than I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. Uh, Pittsburgh has kind of found their rhythm. Um, again, Pittsburgh has to show me against New England that they're ready to change up what they do. We've seen Pittsburgh for years and years try the same strategy against New England, and we've seen that strategy just not work. So I have to see something different uh, from Pittsburgh if I want if I'm if I'm going to um, if I'm going to take them serious. So there you go with the NFL again. Uh, we had another another week of a team uh, at least having one team score 40 points. That's happened six straight weeks, and you also have another week where. We had an overtime game, six straight weeks of, of at least one overtime game. So it continues to be just a, a wacky uh, and somewhat unpredictable uh, NFL season as we head into mid-October. As far as college football goes, um, if you are a fan of college football, if you are the college football playoff committee, the top, the, the top four teams couldn't be, you couldn't have a better group of top four teams as far as tradition and popularity in regards to having Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Uh, those Bam, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are probably the three best programs in college football right now. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Um, now, as far as Notre Dame goes, I was very unimpressed, not impressed at all with their performance against Pittsburgh. I thought coming into that game that Notre Dame was had turned the corner and really showed that showed you that they compete that they could compete, possibly, possibly take out the likes of Ohio State or Alabama or even a Clemson in a playoff game. I don't think I'm be honest with you right now. I don't like I don't like Notre Dame's chances to finish unbeaten uh, to finish unbeaten for the rest of the season. Um, I'm looking at Notre Dame's schedule, and they have uh, home to Navy at Northwestern, home to Florida State, home to Syracuse at USC. Now, you say to yourself, they, they probably will be double-digit favorites in all of those games. But I'm telling you right now, all of those teams are feisty teams, and none of those teams will have any, have any fear of Notre Dame. None of them. Northwestern is three and one in the Big Ten, an improving team, and a team is a team that has lost a lot of close games. USC at USC, USC is an improving team. Has played has, has played better over the course of the last couple of weeks. Syracuse, Navy is always a tough matchup for Notre Dame. Florida State and Syracuse again are not bad teams. Even Florida State has been improved over the past couple of weeks. We know Syracuse has improved and should have beaten uh, Clemson a couple weeks ago. None of those games will be easy for Notre Dame. And again, Pittsburgh came into Notre Dame Stadium and basically played them toe-to-toe. So I'm, I'm not sure that Notre Dame is going to run the table and go undefeated. And I think, you know, with – I think Notre Dame probably is going to have to go undefeated to uh, – to uh, get to the playoffs. I think they're probably more than likely going to have to go undefeated to win a playoff, to get to the playoffs. I think Alabama can lose or can lose a game. Maybe Ohio State, depending on which game they lose. Maybe Ohio State can lose a game. Like, Ohio State loses to Michigan and still, and, you know, maybe Ohio State. I don't know. Depends on, a lot of, depends on 
what happens with Michigan, but maybe Ohio State can afford to lose. I don't think Clemson, because the ACC is weak this year, I don't think Clemson can afford to lose a game and still remain in the playoff hunt, even if they win the ACC. So I think Notre Dame has to finish undefeated. And again, I don't like I don't like the, the way they looked against Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh, again, I, and we get, we know Pittsburgh is not as bad as they played against Penn State earlier this season. But I, again, if they came, they easily could have walked out of Notre Dame Stadium, uh, Notre Dame Stadium with a win, uh, with a win. So, and again, if you think any of those games are easy, if you think any of those games are easy uh, on, on remaining on Notre Dame on Notre Dame schedule, you have not been watching college football this year. All those teams are feisty teams. All those teams are teams that have the talent to beat Notre Dame, uh, no matter where the game is at, especially at Northwestern and at USC. Uh, big, again, a big weekend, another big weekend in hip-hop. Uh, we had three major albums coming out with uh, Quavo, LMA, and Usher. Um, as far as Quavo album, I think I liked. I think I'm liking it less and less as I listen. As I've uh, listened to it, I listened to it at least I think about three times. I've listened to it, and I'm gonna say, you know, first of all, 19 tracks is 19 is, is about six or seven tracks too many. These artists, a lot of these artists, a lot of these companies come out. They try to over flood and just just over you know over flood the market. They think that by they think by coming out with you know seven, 19, 20, 21 tracks. That that's, that that is that what the consumer wants? I'm telling you right now, unless it's a unless it's a guaranteed certified classic, I can't listen to I can't listen to more than say 14, 15 tracks. I think 13 to 15 is the perfect number, unless you you know again, Little Wayne was kind of different because he was and it was it had been a while since he had came out. Uh, it was a very much very as out an album that everybody anticipated. You know, I thought Cardi B had the perfect number of uh, coming out, come, had the perfect number. I think she had thir- like 13, 14 tracks. That is a perfect number of, 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 of tracks to have on an album. Because um, what happens is it starts, you know, you know, as somebody who you know, doesn't have a, 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 that much of an attention span, think, you know, so some of the songs start to sound the same for, with 19 tracks. And I think, again... I think, you know, years from now, we're going to look back at the Migos and we're going to say to ourselves, they were much better together than they were than they were doing individual albums. I really believe that. The LMA, the LMA, LMA album is interesting to me. Um, first of all, she's going, to be a, she's going to be a superstar and she's going to be around for a long time. And I think with this album, was a, was, was a nice album, but it's just the tip of the iceberg with her. How I would describe the album, I would describe it as the slow songs were great. Fast songs, not so much. Now, and there was a point in the LMA album where I was saying that, I was saying to myself, is Booed Up and Trip gonna be the best songs on the album? And then the last four or five songs where she had uh where there were slow ballads really took really took the album to another level. Again, I'm not saying this is not a classic classic album, but I see the potential with her voice for for with her voice and she's only tw- she's only 23 i see the potential that she's going to be around for a long time she's going to be around for a long long time so i like the album overall the 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 up the up tempo songs not so much as the as the uh as the uh slow paced ballads 
again, um, Usher came out, was fine with that. It was only eight, you know, it was only eight, uh, eight tracks. Um, I think it was a perfect number. I mean, I may, probably could have been more tracks, but again, eight was eight is a nice number. AC, if you have two, if you have too little, then you can have the consumer begging for more. Rather, you rather have too little. You rather have uh, not not that many tracks than too many tracks. To be honest with you. So yeah. So again, uh, you have another trio of albums coming out. Um, unfortunately for hip hop, they are connected to one Kanye West, who again, you know, again showed, you know, where he's at in his life uh, right now mentally as he goes to the White House and basically, you know does a, you know, Donald Trump ass-kissing barrage uh, for about 24 minutes. And the thing, to me, the thing about the thing about his appearance that's not being reported was the fact that Jim Brown was there. Again, I don't know, you know, Jim Brown was a guy who, who was a part of the civil rights, uh, part of the civil rights movement. Jim Brown was a guy who, along with Muhammad Ali, uh, Bill Russell, Lou Alcindor, were a part, were leading sports in the 60s in terms of fighting for civil rights with the civil rights martin Luther king and, and and what have you and speaking out speaking their minds and not caring about the repercussions jim brown is a you know hall of fame player all-time great arguably the greatest football player in the history in, in, the, in the history of the nfl and a guy who's respected by a number of gang members bloods crips or whoever so i don't understand why Jim Brown was at the White House. Now, again, Jim Brown didn't embarrass himself with comments that he made with, with some of the, with, with his comments. I just don't understand why he was there in the first place. And to me, that hasn't been reported. That has been underreported. You know, if you're Kanye, listen, nothing Kanye West will upset, nothing Kanye West says will upset me. I, yeah, man has a right to his opinion. If he wants to, you know, if he wants to vote for Donald Trump, wear the MAGA hat, you know, that's his business. And that's, you know, that's his business. But if you're Kanye West, the Donald Trump ass kissing to, I mean, to where you basically, you're on your knees and it's just, I mean, like, dude, you, you, I mean, you're Kanye West. I mean, there's one thing giving me an opinion, but the going all out, just, you know, hugging Donald Trump and just going all out to just uh, you would thought you know you would think Donald Trump has pictures of Kanye or something like it's blackmailing Kanye and I think it got to a point where Donald Trump was even on, uh, almost uncomfortable like okay okay Kanye thank you let's you know let me ask the, let me ask Jim Brown some questions I mean <laughs> that's how bad it was so you know listen hip is a is a, without question a black eye for hip hop you heard T.I., you heard Puffy, you heard some other people respond to it. And again, if I was a part of hip-hop, I'd be pissed off too. Because it, this guy, you know, Kanye represents hip-hop. And, and and again, this has been a classic year of hip-hop in terms of new releases, concert tours, on the run too, uh, emerging young talent, emerging young superstars, uh, groups, individual acts. So this has been a, a major year for hip-hop. But when you have this guy uh, taking all the headlines in terms of Kanye West, West um, and taking the, taking all the headlines the wrong way, then you can understand why you know why a Ti or why a Puff is pissed off at uh you know is pissed off at Kanye. Again, 
I've always I'll, I'll be consistent. I've been consistent as far as Kanye, um, as far as what Kanye has said and you know his actions. I don't particularly care about what Kanye about Kanye's political opinions. I don't. But I can understand somebody uh, for those who hip in hip hop who do, because there is absolute embarrassment to uh, to hip hop, and what it is certainly not anything that hip hop wants wants any part of in 2018 or any or any other year for that matter. And you know you see the you see you know and you see how bad it is with Kanye. Uh, Charlemagne, uh, Charlemagne the God decided to cancel. Uh, uh, he, was on, he was supposed to have a meeting with with Kanye to have a discussion about mental illness on uh, on Wednesday uh, in New York. In New York, uh, New York Times was supposed to was one uh, was supposed to be uh, sponsoring or be or, or having have being a part of it. No, no. And I, I get what Charmaine's what Charmaine is doing. Charmaine, Charmaine has a book coming out October twenty third. So he does not, he did not, does not want any part of the Kanye stench on his book opening. That's that's just all there is to it. That's all that was about. So yeah, you had that going on over the weekend. Um, again, a busy weekend, uh, busy weekend in the world of sports, world of sports and hip hop, sports and pop culture. Um, again, college football right now, you have to, is in a great place when you have four powerhouses leading the way in terms of the college football playoff. Now, will it end up that way? Chances are, chances are it probably won't because these, these upsets come fast and furious, especially in November when the pressure starts to mount on these particular teams, on these particular teams. As far as the NFL overall picture, big picture in the NFL, the Rams are the team to beat in not only in the NFC, but the entire league. Um, the Rams are gonna have some uh, tough games coming down the stretch, but they, to me, they are the, clearly the team to beat. Again, once that defense starts going, uh, start, starts catching up with their offense, they're gonna, they're gonna be flat out scary because they can beat you. They can beat you through the air. They can beat you with the power running game. And now, you know, they showed you yesterday that they can play, still play a little bit of defense. Kansas City, Kansas City, even in defeat, offensively, is still, was still, is still a juggernaut. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the next superstar quarterback without question. And I still think right now, if you maybe had to choose a team to come out the AFC, I still would go with the Kansas City Chiefs over New, over New England and also Pittsburgh as well. So you need to watch out for the San Diego Chargers um, in terms of their talent, in terms of the players that they're going to be getting back as the season goes along. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, as far as the NFL goes, that's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Telling it like it is with no apologies. Again, you can find us everywhere. We are literally everywhere. We had Facebook, Blog Talk Radio, Instagram, Anchor, Stitcher. We're going to soon be on SoundCloud, YouTube. And if you are listening to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Real Deal, uh, Real Deal Podcast. Again, thanks for listening.